time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely wonderful to join you on this Victory Monday. And of all the Victory Mondays, which the 49ers have had a lot, this one's about as high up as you can get as far as regular season goes. And, you know, the only other one that kind of steps into my immediate time frame was exactly a year ago on December 4th. Who'd the 49ers play the week day before? Yeah, none other than the Miami Dolphins, which was the first game of Brock Purdy's career, uh, which is so weird. We, we've only had it one year of number 13 as an actual quarterback. So what I want to do today, uh, this is our traditional, you know, Monday, Victory Monday, or sometimes not Victory Mondays, where we go through the grades. PFF grades, I finished the first film breakdown. That's up on the 49ersrush.com and our Patreon channel. Every offensive play from the first half has been broken down. Got that out as quick as I could this morning. You know, whenever I'm not traveling, I can kind of jump on it pretty early, which is nice. Uh, we're going to have every single offensive, special teams, defensive snap broken down. We've got that in the last three years. So whenever you sign up at one of those, we have seven-day free trial. You get access to all that as soon as you sign up. Um, that is available. Um, I love the freaking crowd. Y'all are the best, bro. Montana hashtag CC. And yeah, right here, Sound Grips. Best regular season win I've ever felt. It's up there, man. It is up there. And right here, Marcus <laughs> hashtag CC. Um, cry Eagles cry. It, it's been enjoyable on social media. I ain't going to lie. You know, by far the worst fan base in sports. I've been talking about that for a week plus. And then they all disappeared, just like they do their stadium. Two of the last three times we played them, they're not even there in the fourth quarter. So they can talk, they can insult, they can throw cans, you know, beer cans at children and whatever else. But they sure as hell can't stand around and, you know, be a true fan and support their team when they're going down or when things are bad. So uh, anyway, I love this. Uh, but hashtag CC, all you people, I appreciate you guys. And if you have any questions, please let me know. I want to try to get to as many as I can. Sean, the man, says, man, them Eagles fans chirped hard. Now are either whining or making excuses, moving the goalpost. It's what they're going to do, man. Uh, it's what they're going to do. Right here, CJ says, just left the Breezy Show. Hey, there we go, man. Uh, it's, it's hard to follow up a legend, but uh, I'll, I'll do my best. Breezy's the best out there. If you haven't checked out his channel, we'll be together tomorrow 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So come join us right there. Right here, Sean says, I woke up feeling it. Are you feeling it? You know I am. I'm wearing my Jerry Rice Homage uh, Blitz t-shirt because I don't know if you guys saw the video. I put it on my Twitter feed of Jerry Rice at the link before the game. Fans are heckling him, Philly. I, I, I don't mind heckling. It's one of my favorite things about Philly, probably the only thing. I love heckling. I don't mind that at all. It's the physical altercations. That's what I don't like. But anyway, Jerry Rice before the game, he's on the sideline um, at the link, and fans are talking their trash and cussing them out and flipping them off and all that stuff. And all he does is he starts taking out, he starts putting on his rings like freaking Thanos, 
And, you know, he puts his four Super Bowl rings on and holds up his middle finger as he walks into the t- – this is before the game. Like, the precedent was set. Everybody was pissed at each other, trash-talking both sides, and we got the legend, the GOAT, comes to the sideline with all of his championship rings, flipping the fans off. Whew! You get him, Jerry. You get him, Jerry. I loved it, man. So, it, it, it's – I'm feeling it, Sean. I'm with you. What's up, Coach? Glad to see you here. Hashtag CC. Love it. Right here, Steven says, you know, I watched the replay of the sideline incident, and I'm convinced Greenlaw wasn't throwing punches. He wanted Dom to just smell his finger. Yeah, what a punch. He pointed at his face. Sorry, I got real close to you guys there. Don't kick me out of the the stadium. Yeah, that wasn't even a thing. And, you know, I put the poll question for the live YouTube audience and everything else. Who's your player of the game? Okay. I came up with four options. If you think it should be somebody else, throw that in the chat so we could share that. I put Debo, Purdy, CMC, and Dre Greenlaw. Debo's got 66% of the vote. I think that is the player of the game. Purdy, right there, right behind him, 31%. Greenlaw, 3% of the vote. CMC, too. And I put Greenlaw in there for a few reasons. He led the team in tackle despite, the tackles despite being ejected. Um, but... Like, I kept saying all week, my matchup was Greenlaw versus Jalen Hurts and the running backs because, and I've said this for the longest time, this dude is the enforcer of this defense. I've used that exact phrase a hundred times. I said, look, he's going to get a personal foul this game, and I don't care. I don't care. I want him to. I want the physicality to let the Eagles know that they are not as tough as we are. And I felt like... The 10 hardest hits of the game were all from the red and gold. All of them were. Now, after the game, and I got to say shout out to the beautiful Juan Salas for getting these clips up. Listen to Nick Bosa explain the positive and negative. Now, it's not. A, I'm not happy that Trey Greenlaw got kicked out, and I think, you know, point that dude's face, that was not intelligent, whatever else. But you got to put it all into context. It, you can't look at that single incident. You got to look at it all. Listen to Bosa talk about it. I definitely don't like when um, other people get involved. I don't know exactly what happened. Dre has been really the enforcer for this defense since we got here in 19, and and that's what makes him who he is. So we're not going to knock him for being that. But in that situation, he knows he can't do that. And um, it was a perfect learning lesson at this moment. down the road. I don't I don't think he'll make that mistake again. Dre has been the enforcer since I got here in 2019. That is the reigning defensive player of the year, top five player in the NFL. Like Dre's been the enforcer, right? Everybody has a role. Dre Greenlaw's that guy. And he enforced. That dude enforced. You know, and again, I don't like that he got ejected from the game. I don't like that he pointed at the dude's face. I don't like any of that stuff, and I get it. Can he be smarter than those times? Yes, but I can also tell you this, and the people that are like, oh, Dre Greenlaw, blah, 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 blah. He hasn't been fined once this year. Might be fine for this one. Might be fine for this one. So every personal foul that Dre Greenlaw has got to this point, this season, not one of them were a legitimate personal foul. Not one. This one, I think that was a legitimate personal foul. He was out of bounds. You pick him up, you can't slam him down, right? But I don't mind that. Why? You did that on their sideline. 
And they thought that was going to be their opportunity to like, oh, pound their chest and rise up. But they they weren't that. Nick Sirianni was crying, looking like a little baby to the officials, right? And we exposed them for what they are. They thought they were tougher and, oh, we're in Philly, right? We're That's who we are. No, it's not who you are. You're a soft-ass team. And so Greenlaw showed them to their faces on their sideline, to their fat head of security, that you are soft. That's what Nick. That that's what Drake Greenlaw did. The ejection. Don't like it. I don't like that he pointed the dude's face. Whatever else. Don't care. That play was a defining moment that the Eagles thought would rally them. It did not. Maybe against other teams, it would have. It did not this game. It did not this game. What's up, Grand A? Tim, what's up, my brother? Big Papa. We got a lot of great people in the chat. Let's get to a couple of these super chats. Uh, just want to say thank you, guys. Aaron Rubin, my man. Uh, appreciate you. There. What fans on social uh, social media uh, must have gone south for the winter? They disappeared quick, quick, quick. And you guys know me. I'm petty. I'm always petty. It's it, It's what I do. And so all those people that like kind of came after me, I've been responding to every single one of them. You know, not mean or insulting, just you know, a casual. Hey, just check it in, see how you're feeling. And man, they get they get upset quick. They get upset quick. And it's like, man, you you have no problem coming into my mentions, making fun of my family, but I just say, hey, how you doing? Just want to check and see how you're feeling. And they get even more upset, which I love. So uh, they have disappeared. There is no doubt about that. Thank you, Aaron. And. On tomorrow's show with Wayne, we will continue Aaron's idea, um, highlighting a different 49ers cause charity of a different player. Um, I've got a whole list. I'm not sure which one I'm going to highlight for tomorrow, but want to say thank you, Aaron. Appreciate that. Gold Blooded 310. Thanks for the super chat. Was anyone else getting annoyed when Lane Johnson false started on every play? There's two ways to look at this. Yeah, they, he got called for one of the false starts. The Eagles are at their best in stretching rules, the tush push, whatever else. And so my whole philosophy is this. It goes back to, I think it was Mark Grace, right? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You bend the letter of the law till they tell you you can't do that anymore. And the NFL is scared to enforce anything because if it doesn't involve like hitting a quarterback or whatever, they don't care. So the false starts, guess what? Lane Johnson false starts 16 times. It was counted. Called once. So what you should do, you either start doing it yourself or whatever. You just let it go. And so, yeah, it's frustrating. Lane Johnson's a hell of a player. You give him that extra half step every single play, that's going to make him better. But, yeah, so you either do it. Or the NFL's not going to do anything about it. The NFL's weak. Uh, Goodell's weak. It's just what it is. And they don't care as long as optics. You know what I mean? And so this doesn't affect optics, sadly. And so I don't think it's going to be changed. But if it's not changed, you should do the same damn thing. So the 49ers should be doing the same damn thing. And that's on us because we don't do it. So that's kind of my take on it. It pisses me off every time I see it, too. No doubt about that. Trey, thank you for the super chat. Should Purdy be doubted? Since he has so many playmakers, my coworkers are, you know, messing with me for saying he's MVP. Love you, brother. You're the best of us. Right back at you, Trey. L- listen to this. Let's go to this. L- l- let's talk about some of these Purdy, whatever. Purdy is now tied or in first place. Uh, sports books all have different odds. On my bookie, who sponsors the show, mybookie.ag, use promo code 49ers49ERS for deposit bonus. 
He's tied with Dak Prescott for the lead. So they're at plus 110 odds. Hertz is at plus 320. So right behind them, then Mahomes 690, Tua 690, Lamar 750. Now, here's the thing. If if the argument that's being made is like, oh, well, he's surrounded with all these great players, right? Let's go look. Let's go look. Shout out to my man Kyle Posey of Niners Nation, who's just a freaking all-star of all all-stars, at KP underscore show on Twitter. Uh, dude, he's a freaking legend. Anyway, he put out on Twitter, this is his, him saying this, not me. Quote, if your argument is that Purdy pads his stats with yards after the catch, meaning, this is me talking now, he checks down, gets it to his all-stars, and they go all crazy, right? KP says you're ignoring history. So far this year, 48.5%, 48.5%, less than half of Purdy's passing yards this season have come after the catch. Less than half. Seems like a big number. But, but... KP's the man. The average yards after the catch for the past 10 MVP quarterbacks, 48%. Patrick Mahomes last year, 54% of his pass yards came on Yak. Where was that conversation last year? Now, I understand that the Chiefs did not have the you know tools that Purdy has now. I get that last year. Last year, cool. They had some tools, and they got Andy Reid, and they got a good old line, and all that stuff. Don't care. If your conversation is, oh, but he's surrounded by all this other whatever, blah, 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 blah. Well, let's look at who's competing with. He's tied right now with Dak, right? And they have very similar numbers. Very similar numbers. But, but, it's not like Dak doesn't have tools. He's got a much better offensive line than the 49ers do. He's got CD, he's got three great wide receivers. CD Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup. Like, it's not like he's, you know, dealing with chopped liver over there. He's got a way better old line. Look at Hertz, the best offensive line probably in the past 10 years. Doesn't matter. You know, and then you can get to the the second tier guys and somebody's like and I know somebody's like why is it CMC being mentioned? MVP is a quarterback race. MVP is a quarterback race. I hate that it is. I don't like that it is. But it's just what it is. So Unless somebody goes off for, you know, 3,000 total yards or whatever. I know people are talking Tyreek and CMC. They should be involved in there. It's not. It's not. It's going to a quarterback. So you can remove all those other whatevers. It doesn't matter. This is a quarterback award. Now, here's what's crazy. If we look at Purdy, Dak, and Hertz, the top three MVP candidates, how did they perform against each other? Because we have that. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you, and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers. 
for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. They've all played, they've round robined it. And this week, <laughs> Philly has to go play at uh, Dallas all beat up after we freaking bruised them up uh, this week. And they're underdogs again. But if you just look at the way these three teams played each other, I think that should tell the story. Brock Purdy playing against the Cowboys and Eagles. If you combine his stats, 566 yards passing in those combined games, eight touchdown passes, zero interceptions. His passer rating versus the Eagles, 148.8. Meanwhile, Jalen Hurts has never had a passer rating that high in his entire damn career. Entire career. Never done it. If you look at Brock Purdy's passer rating against the Cowboys, 144.4. Better than anything Dak has done this entire year. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you look at what Hurts did versus the 49ers, not great. Not great at all. Now, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, it's been bad. Oh, no, I had the page pulled up. Here we go. I got it right here. So if we look at what Jalen Hurts did against the 49ers, Right? He throws for 298 yards. That's good. One touchdown, no interceptions. That's it. His rating was 85.2. Like half. Half. Half of what he did versus the 49ers. Now, the best game that Jalen Hurts has had all year was against the Cowboys. So you got to give him that. He threw for 207 yards, two touchdowns. He had a 130 rating. Not touching. Not touching what Brock Purdy has done in those same matchups. Now, okay, cool. Let's look at Dak Prescott, right? What did Dak do whenever he played against the 49ers? 153 yards, one touchdown, three picks. He had a 51.6 rating. Not good. What did Dak do whenever he played against Philly already? 374 yards, three touchdowns, and a 115 rating. Got sacked five times. That's a good game. So good. Not on Brock's level. Not on Brock's level. It's not even close. What Brock is doing is different than anybody else in the NFL. And you can attribute that to all the other players. Don't care. This is just a different freaking team. It's different. And, you know, here, let's listen to Shanahan talk about how they played. Um, I mean, I thought the first play just, you know, it's hard when someone gets tipped. I'll see the see the play and, um, you know, the penalty wasn't him. The loss of run wasn't, but uh, we had some tough third downs there. Um, I know he had a chance on Christian, but I think he had to get rid of it a little bit too early. So that ball sailed on that third and nine, I think it was, or third and 11. Um, but when our whole offense, everybody settled down, which included Brock too, myself, and I thought he played a hell of a game. And so, like, Brock goes off. I and mean, look at the damn numbers. 19 of 27, 314 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Two sacks for four yards. Both of them, he was scrambling forward, got tripped up, what it was. It just, good Lord. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Just besides, like, these three teams and players have played against each other now. And the best performance and the second best performance out of all, you know, six, I guess, yeah, I guess there's six performances, right? Because each one of them played twice. There's three of them. The first and second performance is Brock Purdy. 
That's it. That's it. It blew both their teams out. What was the combined score? Uh, 50, we scored 84 points <laughs> against these two teams combined. Come on, man. Yeah, it's not even close. And Brock was the best one every single time. I, I oh man, I, I just, whew, I'm pumped up, man. And I love everybody coming. Matthew says, what a great win for the faithful. Yes, I, I love this. Uh, Rick says, man, good morning. We got a long way to go. We got to take one week at a time, but we got to win all these games. Yeah, it's not even close to over, you know, you know, and you take this. Look, this was the gauntlet, right? Seattle, Eagles, Seattle. That would determine the NFL season for the 49ers. How's those, how are those three games going to go? Well, <laughs> I, I pulled this clip from a couple weeks ago. They asked Fred Warner, seems like you're blowing everybody out. But there's no way you're going to be able to do that against Seattle, Eagles, Seattle. Here's what Fred Warner had to say. This was before the Thanksgiving game. I mean, the goal is always to to blow them out. But, <laughs> but hey, you know, uh, you talked about it. We got we got some great opponents coming up, but uh, none bigger. That was before Seattle. That was before Seattle. What did he do? He blew them out. Who's the best player on the field? Probably Fred Warner. What happened at Seattle <laughs> or Philly? Going to their house, blow them out. Now you get to stay home and play Seattle, who's coming off three straight losses. Three. Ah. I mean, they're not even in the playoff picture right now. Look at this. This is over on uh, CBS. They do the you know playoff pictures and all that stuff. The current matchups, if the playoffs were to start today after week 13, Eagles are still the one seed. We own their tiebreaker. So if the Eagles lose one more and we all tie records, we pass them. We're also past the Lions, who have a 9-3 and three record, because they have the conference losses. We do not. Um, so right now, Eagles get the bye. The 4-5 matchup is the Falcons versus Cowboys. The 3-6 is Lions versus Vikings. And the 2-7, 49ers versus Packers. We get to host the Packers. Um so yeah, shout out to the pack. You know, they're they're making a nice little stretch there. And if we look at just the standings as a whole from an NFC standpoint, good lord. Another big week. Phillies playing, you know, at the Cowboys, which is going to determine not only the one seed, but the NFC East. Whoever loses that is probably going to be hosting or probably be, you know, visiting as a wild card team in the playoffs. They're going to be traveling. 49ers aren't traveling. We've won our division. Yeah, not officially, the division's done. You win this week, it's completely over. Because the Rams have surpassed Seattle, neither one of which are in the playoffs. Rams are 6-6, six and six, Seattle 6-6. Six and six, But Seattle's 1-3 in the division. 1-3. They got swept by the Rams and we beat them. <laughs> so, like, even if Seattle did find a way to beat the 49ers, which is not out of the realm of possibility, it's a divisional game, whatever else, they got extra rest, whatever, it's division. But even if they were able to accomplish that feat, which I don't think they will, they're 10 and a half point underdogs already on my bookie. That's a huge, huge, huge spread. But what I want to say is this, even if the 49ers did somehow lose to Seattle, Seattle can't catch us. Because their division record is so bad and we beat them. So even if they beat us and we split the head-to-head, -head, we win by division tiebreakers. So they'd have to have a better record than us. How do they go from 6-6? Six and six? There's no way in hell they're getting to 10 wins. 
There's no way Seattle's winning four out of their last five. Are you kidding me? That ain't happening. That ain't happening. If we look at here, I, I want to pull up their because their record or their schedule is tough, man. T-U-F-F. So here's the schedule for the Seattle Seahawks. They play against the 49ers this week, which we're going to be there tailgating. I'm super pumped. Hopefully you guys come out with this in the blue lot. 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Then they play the Eagles. Then they travel at Tennessee. Then they play the Steelers. Then they play the Cardinals, who are now playing some good football. You think they're going to go? <laughs> you think they're going to win four out of five games? Like, that ain't happening. If the 49ers won one game, we still win that tiebreaker, right? You see what I'm saying? So so that's not it. Now, if we look at the Rams, who actually have a more legitimate chance, just if we're looking at schedule-wise, rankings-wise, uh, rankings not really, but record-wise, they've got at Ravens this week, yikes, Washington, Saints, at Giants, then at us, the last game of the season. So... Theoretically, the the Rams have a better shot. They're they're you know a tiebreaker out of the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. Like the Rams could make the playoffs if I'm going to be for, for like honest. I think they have a better chance than Seattle. I don't think they're as good a team as Seattle, even though they beat them twice. But we'll see what happens. You know they're dealing with some injuries as well. But when Stafford can play, he covers up a lot of that, and no doubt about that. So I don't know. You know. You look at just where everything is from a standpoint of just, you know, the record, the playoffs, all these different things. 49ers are just fine. They're, they're right where they want to be. You went out, things are going to be good. Could the Eagles win out? It's possible. They went 10-1, and one, you know, but they lost one. Can they win the last of their games? Man, I don't know. I don't think so. That's not that good a team. They got exposed, man. Still looking. Thanks for the super chat. Says, what's up, Chapman? Just showing some victory morning love. Bang, bang, Niners. Did the damn thing. Yes, they did. Yes, they freaking did. Whew. I freaking love it, man. Um, and so with that being said, let's transition. Let's talk some of these grades, okay? Uh, we're using PFF just as a launching point. It's not set in stone. It's not... I guess their numbers are set in stone, but it's it's not the end-all, be-all. If we look at offensively, the top five players, number one was Debo Samuel. He was awesome. He had an 86.1 grade. We look at his stats, three rush attempts for 22 yards and a touchdown. He averaged 7.3 yards per carry. That's incredible. Four catches on four targets for 116 yards, two touchdowns. Three-touchdown game. After talking that trash, he backed it up. After talking that trash, he backed it up. And th that's what's up. And Debo was just ah, unbelievable. Uh, what's up, Kenneth? He says, I saw the breakdown notification pop up. It was like, John is on it this morning. I'm not traveling. And so <laughs> I'm not on a flight. Uh, and so <laughs> I was able to, you know, kind of be home, woke up early, got the film, got the scout from the, my scouting buddy, got it up early. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Sean says Debo easily in my book. Yeah, Debo. Yeah, Debo needs to go to his dark place. It's it's different. What's up, Kim? How you doing, brother? Hopefully uh, things are well. I love the new updated logo. That is awesome. That is really, really cool. Oh, we got another super chat, man. Appreciate this one. Thank you, Josh. He says, let's go. So pumped. Started a group chat for all my Eagles fans, friends. Oh, I'm letting them hear it. That party jersey is 2-0. Gosh. 
How cool is that, Josh? Uh, appreciate you. Thank you for your generosity. And talk that trash, man. Um, like, I, I've been talking trash nonstop. And the thing is, is it always going to be like this? Are the Niners going to win out and win the Super Bowl? Probably not. I think there's probably a loss somewhere in there. But I wouldn't be shocked if they won them all. They're the best damn team. Anybody comes out right now saying the 49ers aren't the best team in the NFL, they got agendas. Because it, you had Philly number one forever, and they just got the floor wiped with them on the road. Everybody want to talk about Dallas. Yeah, 42 to 10, baby. So it, maybe you want to put the Baltimore Ravens up there. But, hey, we got a Christmas present for them, too. And we'll see how it goes. And so I, I feel, whew, whew, I, I feel good about where things are. Um, I like this. Chewy says, no, I have no issues with Greenlaw. Love how he plays. You got to stick with that. And man, Chris says the Diamador Lenore hit on Swift was brutal. I even felt that I saw somebody on Twitter said he knocked the Sonic rings out of him. <laughs> I, need, I need somebody. Um, I need somebody to like edit that. I, maybe I should talk to Juan uh, about setting that up to where he gets hit and the Sonic rings all, all bust out and you get the sound effects. I don't know how to do that stuff. I'm not that cool. But yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Sid, what's up? After um, that security guard pushed Greenlaw first, Greenlaw put his finger in the guard's face, should not have been ejected. Nah, it's, that was a weird one. I, I hated the way they handled that. And, you know, we'll, 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 it's what it is. Now, uh, back to the grades. Debo was number one. CMC was two with an 85.6 grade. Look at the stats of CMC. 17 rush attempts for 93 yards. Zero rush attempts, zero touches, first two drives. But then you score six consecutive possessions, and guess what? CMC touched the ball on pretty much all of them. That was huge. Um, you know, one touchdown. You look at three receptions on four targets for 40 yards. So you're talking about somebody that's, you know, 123 total yards and more important than that i think this is huge shout out to my man eric for making this graphic uh he runs our instagram crushes it christian mccaffrey now has over 1000 rushing yards the first player in the nfl this year and the only player in the nfl currently with over a thousand rush yards uh the next player behind him is like 100 yard 100 plus yards back i think it's derrick henry um who cleared concussion or he's not in concussion protocol whatever uh, i don't want him to get hurt but CMC's running away with the rushing title. No doubt about that. And what's even crazier than all of this, he is the first 49ers player. I had to go back and I looked every single year because I was like, man, who was the last? I think Carlos Hyde did it once. He didn't. He got close. He had like 9,900 or no, sorry, 997 rush yards one time. And so I, I kept going back year by year by year. I had to go all the way back to 2014. Frank the freaking tank. And 2014 was the last 49ers running back to hit 1,000 yards rushing. We've had so many injuries at that position. Um, you know, it's weird with the Kyle Shanahan system. Dot Raheem Mostert got close. Breida got close. A lot of people got close, but nobody did it. Shout out to Christian McCaffrey. It's funny. I post this thing. I post the graphic. Then I get a notification from Adam Schefter like seven minutes after mine, it was like the exact same thing I wrote. Now, Schefter doesn't follow me. Schefter doesn't didn't take what I said or whatever else. Like, but I was just like, man, <laughs> like <laughs> I beat you, Schefter. Uh, anyway, I, that's my own personal ego that I got to come over or fix over. But shout out to CMC, man. This dude, offensive player of the year worthy. I think it's down to him and Tyreek Hill. I don't think there's anybody else 
even in the conversation. I hope you bet with us earlier whenever I told everybody to bet him for Offensive Player of the Year. That's a huge payout. Um, but yeah, great game there. Now, number three, Brock Purdy. Good Lord, four touchdowns. <sighs> Gosh, he's so good. Elijah Mitchell was fourth, even though only got five snaps. Mitchell gave some good snaps. Three rush attempts, 13 yards. 4.3 yards per carry when the game was over. But that's that type of closing mentality, putting away a team that is beat. Ayuk was fifth. Jalen Moore got four snaps. He was sixth. George Kittle seventh. Juwan Jennings eighth. That's what that looks like. And Aaron right here, you know, he says, Juwan air holds sweat. Uh, they pick on smaller guys after the whistle. We are not the same. Yeah. Juwan Jennings was bullying people out there, man. I finished, you know, the first half film breakdown offensively. Jennings was blocking. He's not the best route runner, <laughs> but on third down, he's pretty good. His timing with Purdy's off, but damn, he is a blocking fiend. You know what I mean? And I love that. RTP, what's up, my man? Says security is always everywhere. You just don't know their security. There we go. I like that. I like that. The shot says stay petty. Hey, I, I, I'm not changing. I'm not changing. It was funny. Like people were calling me to get fired, uh, Eagles fans, for me saying that they were going to lose the game or whatever. I don't know why. But I was like, man, I ain't going to fire myself. I like my job. I'm my boss. <laughs> Chapman Media, uh, sorry. Uh, the evaluation has been performed. We approve John Chapman's work ethic or whatever his pettiness. Thomas says Greenlaw is an absolute savage. Absolutely the spark that lets, uh, lights the gas. I love that, man. Uh, whew. Whew. Yeah, I, I I just, I don't know. Everything just feels good today. Coffee tastes better. Breakfast was better. You know, you, you look at just what this team is putting up. And I've been saying it all year. This is a special team. This is a special time to be a Niners fan. And in the offseason, whenever there's not that much stuff to talk about, I think there's a lot to talk about. But I understand people are going to direct things to arguing and clickbait stuff because that's how they generate their income. And fans take that and run with it and start to tear at each other because they don't have anybody outward to focus on. And I hate that time period. But I just feel like th this whole setting, for those of you that have been Niners fans for a while, you've been through some things. You've been through Chip Kelly. You've been through Tom Sula, been through Derek Erickson, oh, Singletary, who had some bright spots. Man, we there was a time period where Blaine Gabbert was our damn quarterback. I hate Blaine Gabbert. I hated those games. I couldn't stand it. We are in a special time. We have been since Shanahan showed up in 2019. Well, he showed up in 2017. But from 2019 on, this is some of the most dominant football five-year period Across NFL history, haven't got the bowl yet, but you can't tell me it's not coming. You can't tell me it's not coming. Maybe it's not this year. Maybe something happens, an injury, or whatever else. I have the utmost confidence in this coaching staff and this team as a whole to figure it out. And yeah, we probably should have already had one, but can't do nothing about that. All we can do is move forward. And I truly feel this is a special year. It's just, this should be enjoyed. It should be enjoyed. Tim, my man, says, not sure I've ever seen a team start so badly in offense than have such an incredible overall game. Yeah, it's like the dumb and dumber, right? <laughs> Just when I thought you couldn't do anything worse, you go and totally redeem yourselves. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, it was crazy, man. It, it was just that turnaround. 
Back-to-back three and outs to six consecutive drives with a touchdown. Right here, Tim says, can we add Greg Olson to the list of terrible commentators? I'm going to say this. I really think that Greg Olson can be one of the better commentators, but at times, whenever he makes his predictions, I don't know if he's betting on the games or what, he is one-sided in his reporting, and you heard that for three quarters. That dude was, he thought the Eagles should have won, and that affected the way in which he called the game. And then when the game was a blowout, he was like disappointed that hit the team he thought was going to win lost. So I actually think Greg Olson can be a good commentator. I think that he's talented, but he just can't let his bias go in the fact of, man, he thought the Eagles were going to win. He stood on that, and then he called the game to affect that. We all bring biases in. I get that. But, yeah, he that was awful. And I like Greg Olson as a reporter or as a comment, commenter, but – yeah, that was that was a joke. Like it was just like ten times in a row over the span of like two quarters, where it was like, dude, every judgment call he was like throwing shade on the Niners and talking about how great the Eagles were despite them getting blown out at home, and like every call was like, oh yeah, this is he just sided with the Eagles on every damn play. Uh, it was frustrating. It was definitely frustrating for sure. Big Papa, what's the record of teams that played the 49ers the previous week? I don't understand that question. What's the record of teams that played the 49ers? I don't understand. Uh, yeah, reach out to me. Big Papa, I know you. Uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll get that one in the next one. What's up, Val? How we doing? Appreciate you being here. Uh, thank you so much. Appreciate the support. Right here, C.D. Lamb is overrated. Uh, he's had, putting it together a damn good year. Like, if the All-Pro list came out right now, I think C.D. Lamb, his numbers, he's probably going to be on the All-Pro list. Um yeah, he's, he's having a good year stats-wise. No doubt about it. Big Papa, I don't know, John. I just watched the first half of your breakdown. Our O-line looked pretty decent. They dominated. They were bringing five-man pressure nonstop, the Eagles were, and we held up just fine. There was a clean pocket the whole time, and when there weren't, Purdy was able to escape it for minimal damage. Right, He had the two sacks for four yards, but both the sacks were Purdy was trying to you know knife through a gap to scramble for some positives and lost two yards on each one of them. Yeah. Not, not really a big deal. One of them, he overcame and scored a touchdown drive on the other one. He did not, but yeah, O line played really, really well. Trent Williams was freaking dominant. He made Jalen Carter cry. <laughs> like, like we joke around like cry Eagles cry and all that stuff or whatever. Jalen Carter was crying on the sideline because Trent Williams bodied that dude and put him face first into the ground. Like Jalen, like Jalen Carter was crying. This is the same guy that was talking trash a day before the game. I ain't heard nothing about their old line though. You heard about him now. You got freaking pancaked by Trent Williams and you cried to your head coach, literally went and cried to his head coach. Now Jalen Carter is a beast and by far one of the best players in the NFL already as a rookie, but don't talk trash and then cry. Like, Right? Like, come on, man. <laughs> just you, you gotta be better than that. That's all I gotta say. So yeah, we're 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 good, man. We're good. Right here, Daryl. What's up, my friend? He says, JC, special teams and Juan J needs some freaking love. You are correct, my friend. How great is Samuel Womack? That dude comes back and it's just electricity. He played incredibly well. Juwan Jennings has not had a good year. That dude was out there laying the freaking 
He was laying some some hits. You could hear him. Uh, Juwan Jennings, I love it. You, you know, we we give so much love, or at least I do, to Drake Greenlaw. Juwan Jennings is that dude on the other side of the field. Now he doesn't play a lot. Like if we, Juwan Jennings played twenty nine of fifty nine snaps, so about one third, which is a higher rate than normal. But this dude was just smacking people. He had a seventy seven point one run block grade, uh, which is second best. Jalen Moore, who came in late in the game. So I would argue Juwan Jennings had the best run blocking grade. Jalen Moore came in trash time, four snaps, whatever else. So Juwan Jennings was no joke. And Daryl, yeah, you are 1,000% correct. They both deserve all the love. Para, what's up? The Godfather, appreciate you, man. He says, hey, John, we missed you and the rest of the crew in Philly yesterday, but we got the big win. There's still a lot of football left. Let's go, Diners. Man, yeah, it was nice talking to you guys. Uh, Josh. Who was your largest surprise? That is a great question. And we're going to flip over to defense for this one. Because my number one surprise, this player on defense had the number one pass rush grade of any 49er. Kalia Davis. What? Kalia Davis? This dude goes out there. He only played 19 snaps. 19. His first game to play defense of his career, his entire career, 19 snaps, goes out there and had a 75.5 pass rush grade. He had two pressures, one sack, one hurry, and a solo run stop. What the hell, man? Like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Kalia Davis? Now, the reason why he played was the 49ers aired on caution once the you know game was kind of decided. They pulled kind of Armstead and put Clea out there, but he was getting snaps in the third quarter too and played very well. Now, if we look at the snap um, count of the defensive line, listen to this. Uh, out of possible 72 snaps, right, defensively, Bosa led with 52 snaps, Hargrave 50. Then usually it goes Bosa, Armstead, Hargrave. They're right there in the same kind of realm every time not this time bosa 52 hargrave 50 chase young 36 that's a big drop armstead 33 he's usually up in the 50s Farrell 30 gregory 26 that's a lot for gregory too kinlaw 22 kinlaw was awesome givens 22 kalia davis 19 we got nine guys getting snaps and the last guy his first game of his career he gets a sack his first game? Could the not could the 49ers found another gym late? And they developed it, man. They cultivated this freaking talent. Sat him for a year on the NFI. A whole year. Then they sit him on, on the pup, and he just sits there. He just stays. Actually, I don't think he was on the pup this year, but he didn't play. Healthy scratch, healthy scratch, healthy scratch, healthy scratch. Week 13, boom. Here's your chance, pup. And he goes out there and freaking dominates. Like, this is the epitome of what the 49ers are. We still got Robert Bill Jr., who runs a 4-4, edge rusher out of Georgia, just sitting there cultivating. He's just he's just simmering. <laughs> he's marinating, baby. And so, like, th these are the things that good teams do. And they just wait, and they just wait, and they just wait. I hope he gets more chances. Because you just played against the best offensive line and all the football and you went out there and you put on a show young buck you put on a show and in a game that the 49ers dominated this kid shined first game of his career 
Whew. Come on, man. How cool is that? That is just freaking awesome. And I, I, I just, whenever things go well, it seems like everything goes well, right? Like it, things are humming, things are moving. It's all going well. And Kalia Davis is just like, mm. just the cherry on top, baby. Another defensive lineman with that pass rush special. Ooh. Man, I freaking love it. And so once I do the defensive breakdown, I'm hoping I'm going to ask Juan to do a little highlight of Kalia Davis because I want to highlight this because this is new. This is new. And so you asked me, biggest surprise. Yep. Yep. None other than Kalia freaking Davis. Man, number 93 out there. How cool is that? Now, before we go through the top grades, man, I hope you guys are betting with us. We just keep freaking adding to our bankroll every week. You know sports, and you pick winners all the time. So why not get paid for them at MyBookie? MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds, contests, for all your sporting and betting needs anytime, anywhere. You can bet on NFL, NCAA, or, this is pretty fun, I love this, you can bet for the fences um, by on the all-new money bag. So what happens is you go; it's a one-of-a-kind type of opportunity. You just place your bet, spin the wheel, and you get ready to score epic odds on teams, athletes, events, all those things. It just increases those. So it's like a bonus spin to give you even better payouts and better odds, better chances to win. All you got to do is sign up for free today. Use promo code 49ERS or scan the QR code next to me, and you can claim a deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code 49ERS to claim your deposit bonus. It's not just a sports book. It's a community. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. That's what's up, guys. Uh, right here, Juan Salas. I was impressed with how disciplined the 49ers defense was containing Hurts, stopping the run game. Look, and that's the thing. Whenever you look at the game plan that the 49ers put into effect, man, uh, thank you, Juan. Um, they were not going out there trying to, you know, take over and break the sack record. Listen to Nick Bosa talk about the game plan, and it worked to perfection. Um, it was definitely an assignment-focused game. Um, we had to make Jalen focus on the rush more than looking downfield, and we knew that was the key to the game. So our whole mentality was we're not trying to set the record on sacks. We're, we're trying to close the pocket. We're trying to get his eyes on us. And um, obviously really good O-line, um, and he's – he helps him out with how he uh, evades. And you can't really pick a side when you're rushing those guys because you know Jalen's watching you. He's he's trying to get out of the pocket um, and win that way. Um, so I think we did a, a really good job of just closing in on him. And so, like, they weren't trying to get sacks. They were trying to keep Jalen. They were trying to force Jalen to beat them by throwing the ball. He's a running back. He's a, he's a good, I actually really like Jalen Hurts as a person. I really, really do. He's very, very gifted. He's very, very talented. But, like, he's not a pocket passer. And so the 49ers wanted to contain him. Don't let him rush. Don't let him get all those extra yards and force him to beat you through the air. He couldn't do it. He couldn't even get close. It, it worked. And, you, you know, you look at, having said that, not trying to get all those sacks. The 49ers got 46 pressures in this game. 46. To put that into perspective, the Eagles got 16. 
<laughs> that is 30 more pressures than the Eagles in this single game. That was domination. And guess which team plays with five D linemen? Yeah, it's not the 49ers. We play with four. So we got we got 46 pressures with four. They got 16 pressures with five. You see what I'm saying? It's not the same. And guess who has the quote-unquote best offensive line out there? Yeah, I mean, it's just different. Now, listen to Fred talk about it, too. And you can you can hear some of the overlap with Fred and Bosa on the game plan, and it it, it, it translates to what we saw on the field defensively for the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, we knew that it wasn't going to be one of those games where we're just rushing up the field, trying to get those sack numbers and all those sorts of things. We had to play a complete overall you know, defensive game where everybody's doing their job, doing their assignment on every given play because, I mean, they're liable to obviously get a big play at any moment. Jalen Hurst is an outstanding football player. I mean, you saw it all tonight, even him extending some of those plays. But, um, you know, having played him last year, knowing how the game was going to go, we knew we had to stop him in the run game. And then, obviously, when he had to pass the ball, we had to keep him contained. And for the most part, I think we did that. It's so cool hearing the overlap. You know what I mean? And what – when when people that don't know football, I don't want to. I, okay, I'll say this: from an outsider looking in, that maybe hasn't like played or coached or whatever. You look at the big names and you see CMC, you see Ayuk, you see Bosa, you see these names, and you're like, "Wow, well, this team's just really, really good." But whenever you watch the the tape and you watch the games and you study and you listen to the players, it's very easy to buy into the narrative that like, oh, the 49ers are just more talented than everybody else. That's very easy to do. And maybe not even wrong, but the more and more you watch the tape and the more and more you listen to the players, the thing that separates this team isn't so much that they're so much talented than everybody else. It's that they out-execute everybody. Everybody. What's the game plan? Execute the damn game plan consistently. And guess what? It works. And so, yeah, is, you know, Brock Purdy out there scrambling for his life and throwing off the back foot 40-plus yards all the time? No, he does have those plays, but that's not the way in which this team wins. The way in which this team wins is a well-oiled, well-defined machine where everybody knows their damn role, and you execute your role. That helps the piece next to you. The sum of our parts is greater, right? And that is what you continue to see. So the talent is there. I'm not saying the 49ers aren't talented. That's not the argument. The argument is what makes this team the best team in the NFL? There's lots of talented teams out there. It's the execution. It's the everybody does their role better than other teams do. We out-execute. When we destroyed the Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll after the game said they didn't do anything special. They just executed better than we did. He was not wrong. He wasn't. I, I hate Pete Carroll. I can't stand that man. But he was right, and he knows football. He's, he's a damn good coach. Not against 49ers uh, <laughs> or against ethics committees, but he, he knows football, right? Now, look. Keep that argument, right? Those two things that I just put out there. Now listen to Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, who comes up with this game plan, explain why he was impressed with the defensive line. Oh, a ton. I mean, it goes against everything in those guys' DNA and their coaches' DNA, um, everything. Those guys want to tee off and go rush the quarterback every play, but 
Um, and they did at times, but you also you got to know who you're playing and the style of how that team beats people. And I thought our guys were very disciplined today, as disciplined as we have been that I can remember going against a, a mobile quarterback. And he still made a ton of plays like we knew he would. Um, but our guys just kept rallying. And I know they covered a lot of ground out there. I was glad we got some extra guys up to rotate. And um, again, I'll watch on the plane, but I was, I was really proud of those guys. The discipline going against what you feel is right you know what I mean, or easy to get upfield and get that sack. So cool, man. Now, if we look at the top five PFF grades defensively, Fred Warner was number one, 90.2. And it's weird because you don't remember a lot of, like, freak, absolute stud Fred Warner plays. He was just so con consistently great. He was so great, man. Um, I don't understand how this dude's not getting the mentions into defensive player of the year with how consistent he has been. You know, the opening part of the year where, you know, Nick Bosa maybe wasn't doing great or, you know, the corners maybe weren't doing great or whatever. Fred Warner has consistently been great. Game in, game out. He has been his best at the biggest games this year, and it's just been consistently amazing. I mean, he's a lock for all pro, but that's not enough. That's not enough. What 5-4 is putting out there, it's not enough. This is Defensive Player of the Year, absolute beast. Fred Warner is... He's the best linebacker in the game. That's simple. But good Lord. You lose, you know, you're Robin. He's Batman, right? And Oren Burks comes in plays great, by the way. I love Oren Burks. But golly, Fred Warner, just everything is him. He's the glue. He's the CMC. You know what I mean? Gosh, he's so good. Uh, we are going to look back. And, you know, in the offseason, I love offseason because I get to go straight nostalgia as much as I want to when there's no new information out. And, you know, we debate top five best linebackers, best aware number 54, you know, all this stuff, whatever else. We are now in the realm where we are going to have a very difficult conversation on who the 49ers' best linebacker is all time. We're in that. You know, everybody kept saying for the longest time, like, man, Fred's kind of creeping up a little bit on that Bowman-Willis territory. Nah, he ain't creeping. He there. <laughs> he is there. He is there. Uh, and so, you know, it just Fred Warner. I And I'm very thankful because, you know, as fan, I'm a fan, right? So, like, I, I try my, I can't wear more Niners stuff, right? And I've been offered jobs to have credentials and write and whatever. Eh, maybe one day I'll take those. Right now, I just want to be a fan. I want to enjoy my team and I want to share that experience with you guys. And hopefully, I can increase your fan experience, right? What are the two goals of this damn podcast? Make game days better for you. And two, hopefully, can bridge you into the community with some other awesome people that are positive and care about this fan base, right? Uh, how do we start every show, right? What's going on, Faithful? How do we end every show? Stay strong, Faithful. Like, that's what we're about. Whenever I got to hang out with Patrick, uh, with, sorry, get to hang out with Patrick Willis next week. Not uh, That's not what I was talking about. When I got to hang out with Fred Warner with my family for the Vegas thing, that was just so cool. And people were like, oh, don't meet your heroes or whatever. I'm not saying Fred Warner's really my hero. Greenlaw probably is. Um, it was just cool because you see somebody on the field and go out and do all these things, and then you meet them and – He's an even better person than you ever thought he would be and like spends time talking to your son after he's already been paid for the time he's been there. Like that's just cool as hell. 
And that fits what we are about here. And I just freaking love this dude. He he is he's in the conversation of the best linebacker in 49ers history, which is crazy because right now, as we speak, Patrick Willis is a semifinalist for the Hall of Fame. Fred Warner will be there soon one day. Um, but not this day. Hopefully he's got a lot longer. Now, uh, before we jump into the other grades. If you're coming out to the Seahawks game, the most important game is three weeks in a row. The most important game left on our schedule. Um, we're going to be tailgating out in Blue Lot 1. We've got it. It's going to be catered. We've got food. We've got prizes. We're giving away a ridiculous amount of stuff. It's going to be a blast. Head to 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Get your tickets. Um, ticket prices do go up the day of, so don't wait. Uh, probably going to have to raise ticket price because I have to give final numbers to the caterer. Um two days before. So after that, I have to bump up the price. So come party with us. If money's an issue, don't let that be a reason why you do not come party with us. Just reach out 49ers, um, 49ers rush podcast at gmail.com. You can help set up, you can help tear down. You can help, you know, get ice on drinks. You can help something. Uh, we want you to come party with us. I do have to pay a lot of money for all the parking passes and the food and the drinks and all that stuff. And hopefully we can cover those expenses. But I want you to come out and party with us. Um, then after that, next week out in Arizona, baby, we're going to be at McFadden's with Patrick Willis. He's coming out, man. Uh, we were able to get him out, which is going to be great. Meet and greet, autograph, all those things. Saturday, December uh, 16th from 2 to 7 p.m. Gosh, it's going to be awesome. 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. And then we've got our tailgate the day after out on the extension uh, outside of McFadden's, which is going to be a blast. Uh, really expect that to be a big tailgate mimosas bloody marys all that kind of stuff in the morning uh we're gonna have a good time we're gonna have a really good time there uh, oh look at this uh do we have the legend in the house uh from akshay what's up man he says there's special aura around the team this year something i've never felt i'm with you man uh it just everything just feels right it just feels right and hopefully it continues jp opening kickoff they didn't want no parts of debo they did it and i love debo's energy that whole time like, if you asked, okay, let's say you put the top 20 wide receivers, okay? You go up to them individually and you say, hey, you're going to be returning kickoffs this week in the NFL. How many of those guys do you think are going to say, yeah, put me back there, coach. I'd love to take an extra hit. People run at full speed at me. I'd say probably 15 out of 20 are going to say, uh-uh, <laughs> I'm good. Hey, I'm trying, no, I ain't doing that. But listen to Kyle Shanahan talk about Debo. This is hilarious to me. Uh, not really. Um, it's really cool when Schneider and Debo talked about it. And um, we, we had a good feeling just how the week went that Ray Ray wasn't going to be able to make it. And once we found that out, um, and Schneider and Debo have been talking about it all week, which when a player's talking about it and you don't have to go ask them, then that's usually the way I want it. So I was very happy that he wanted to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's just, Debo's just, he's different. You know, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, he talked trash, but when you get Debo being Debo and he gets mad, his name's freaking Debo. What do you think is going to happen? Do you not know? Like, I just don't understand. Why would you poke the bear? Why? The dude scored three touchdowns on you and waved goodbye as your fans walked out of the stadium in the fourth quarter. You got what you deserve, man. <laughs> you tried to flex on him, and uh, it didn't go well. You lost your chain. He took your chain. 
He's like, my mama gave me that bike. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was awesome. Debo almost broke that one, too. Uh, he got shoelaced. Yeah, I didn't mind having him back there. I would prefer it be Ray Ray. But, hey, you go to a clutch game, yeah, you want momentum. I loved it. Now, Fred Warner was the number one player defensively. Number two, Nick Bosa, 85.6 grade, eight pressures. Gosh, he was good, man. Three solo stops. I don't know why people don't talk about how great Nick Bosa is versus the run more often. You look at run defender grades, Nick Bosa was number one. Number one. Now, not only was he number one for the 49ers, he would have been number one for the Eagles. In fact, he might have the highest run defense grade of the entire NFL this week. Bosa can win anyway. Offense, you know, pass rush, run defense, doesn't matter. Bosa's just that damn good. Greenlaw was the third player. He played 39 snaps out of 72 and still led the team in tackles. That's why I put him up there. That's why I put him up there, right, in the poll? Like, won the enforcer, but damn, he's good. Now, uh, going back to the polls, it's got, I don't know, 170 votes. Debo, 61% player of the game. Purdy, 30. Greenlaw, 5%. CMC, 4. I, I, that's all. But, yeah, Drake Greenlaw goes out there. Led the team in solo run stops, no missed tackles, led the team in assisted tackles, and was second in solo tackles. Jair Brown was up there, actually, for solo tackles. He had six. Who led the team. Uh, but Drake Greenlaw did that in 39 plays and had an 81.6 coverage grade. He had the second highest coverage grade. You know who had number one? Fred Warner. Two highest coverage grades for the 49ers, both linebackers. Hmm. I'm worried about the screen game. <laughs> Sorry. I know some of you guys have said that, but that's like me hearing the, the voice of public opinion that, you know, drives me crazy. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, like, come on, man. Have some faith in our, our studs. You know what I mean? Ah, whew. Man, let's get those shoulders loose. You know what I'm talking about? Um, now, Drake Greenlaw was third. Hargrave fourth. Kalia Davis, ah, fifth. Javon Kinlaw, baby. Mm. Sorry if that was loud. Two sacks. Not one, but two. One of them, Jalen Hurts sacked himself. But on that play, Javon Kinlaw pancaked the dude in front of the guard. He pancaked that dude. He put him on his back. Then, you know, Hurts fell down because he was scared. He wasn't scared. And then, you know, Kinlaw tagged him down. There was nobody else there. So if Kinlaw wasn't there, Hurts could have got back up and done something. But then he got another sack later on. Armstead had the sack and kind of fell off of Hurts. And then Kinlaw came in and cleaned it up. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, Kinlaw got raked through the mud that first half of the NFC Championship, and probably rightfully so. Everybody remembers those two or three plays where he got pushed around. But if you kept watching the tape, and I put it, you can look on YouTube, type in John Chapman Kinlaw. I played every single snap. Like, I've got a screen recording of every single snap of Javon Kinlaw in the second half of the NFC Championship. The dude played good. Not bad. Not average. He played good. Yeah, three plays he got bossed around first half. I get that. Criticisms warranted. Look at what he did the second half. Look what he's continued to do this whole season. He's a rotational piece. Yeah, did he live up to the first-round pedigree? No. But he's a cog, right? He's one of the many parts of the machine that make it run. We're better with Kinlaw out there. And he's getting 22 snaps a game. That's what he got today. That's what he needs. Nothing wrong with that. That dude's out there hustling, too. He's giving it all-out effort every damn play. He was ranked higher than Armstead. Gosh. Ugh. Mm. All right. Uh, a couple comments that I want to get to um, real quick. Sean, 
He says, John, if you had to pick, what was the play that broke the Eagles back? Man, I'm going to probably be wrong on this one. Let's see here. I'm going to open up real quick on ESPN. I'm going to open up the play-by-play because it was in the second half, right? So you go into the half, you're up 8-14. to 14. You're up 8-14 to 14 and you get the ball back right out of the half. Uh, so we punt, 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 end of the second quarter. And so we get a touchdown, they get a touchdown. So then it's 21 to 13. Then after that, that offensive play, and I'm going to say, yeah, the first and 10 play, we were at the Philly 48, 354 left in the third quarter, okay? Brock Purdy pass short middle to Debo Samuel, 48-yard touchdown. That was the one. That was the play. So Debo started it, Debo finished it. Period. You want to start some, you want to end it. He did. And that play right there, 348 in the third quarter, game was over. And from there, we go touchdown, they punt, three and out. We go touchdown, they get a touchdown, we go touchdown again, then they turn it over on downs. That was the play because that put it up 28 to 13. We were up 15 points, and the defense forced a three and out. It was over, right, right there, right there. Uh, th- that's the one that stands out to me. Oh, man, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, y- you guys are the best. Right here, Sin. John, don't you think the Eagles' failure to score touchdowns of the first two scoring drives put the first nail in the coffin? It was weird. It felt like, and I hate to say this because let's, let's look back on some negative times. Y'all remember when, like, the last couple years of Russell Wilson in Seattle where the defense would go out there and hold them and we I think we had five three and outs one game and we were up like nine to three or something and it was just like man the defense is doing their damn job but the offense isn't doing anything and then Russell Wilson would come back and win at the end of the game right that's what it felt like and so you you look at across social media and all these different Eagles fans talking all the trash in the world all the trash in the world through that first quarter and they should we had negative yards First time is the worst quarter in Shanahan history statistically and I test wise. Didn't even get the freaking ball to CMC in two drives. What the hell? But, but you were never out of it because they kicked two field goals. Defense limited, held them down to those. We go score one touchdown. We got the lead. We never look back. Which is hilarious because if you look at, I, I wanted to see this, um, you know, when we do our scouting report episodes and shout out to the legend, Coach Cruz, who helps me with all that research, they were the number one red zone team in the NFL. They were number one. They were the best. They're number seven now. They dropped out of the top five because of how bad they were in the freaking red zone. Um, What was their, how many times did they get in there? Oh, uh, they went two of four. So they, they, you know, they went bad. We went four of four. That's crazy. So, yeah, I think that matters. And, that, and Joe, yeah, we very easily could have been down 14 nothing, but our defense said, nope. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. Right here, the third down outright to Ayuk on that drive made it happen. Oh, there we go. Yeah, those out routes, man. Uh, gosh, Brock Purdy loves throwing that out route to Ayuk. That is just, whew. So good. And six straight touchdown drives. That's bully football right there. Anything they wanted to do. Anything. They dominated the whole freaking way. That's it. Ugh. 
This team is good. This team is special. I'm excited. We got a lot of content coming your way. And guys, listen to me. Listen, listen to me right now. One, support the show. But I want you to go watch something. Please, go sign up at the 40 rushcom to a free trial seven days. And then afterwards, you can cancel it. Just go watch the first half offensively. It's up. It's already loaded. It's on there. It's like 40 minutes. You go through every play, and it's just like you can even skip to the third drive. It's some of the cleanest football I've seen offensively in a long time. I coached for over a decade. Like, it is just – it's clinic tape against a good defense in the Eagles on the road. Not the best weather. Go watch it. It's free. <laughs> just sign up. And you can cancel it right after. I don't care. But just go watch it and tell me this team ain't special. Only thing that could happen now is if we get in our own way or injuries. Keep doing your thing. The Niners are fine. They're better than fine. They're the best. I expect a lot more great things to come. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe. And, man, we got a show tomorrow, 10 a.m. with John and Wayne. You know it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for all the support. And until next time, stay strong, faithful.